there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea, or maybe a frothy ale. The light, why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. I had to kill a couple of warders. Bad business, that, killing warders. Don't like it. Elias Makira, Eye of the World, Chapter 23. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalon, a Wheel of Time podcast. Today we're going to be doing another Westlands 101 episode on Warders, but before we jump into the main portion of the episode, we wanted to share some things that you can look forward to as we start out on our second year of Road to Tarvalon. That's right. We are getting our boots resold as we continue our meandering track toward Tarvalon. We aren't in a hurry though, and sure hope you aren't either. <laughs> During our first year, we did a lot of growing, learning, and this year we are going to take what we have learned and build it up even bigger. Mm-hmm. The core of what we do definitely is going to remain the podcast, but we will be taking on more. So adding access to more platforms, we're hoping to uh, move towards a little bit of video. We've been recording video for a few weeks now. It's getting more comfortable. I still yeah. feel a bit awkward around it, but... I think that it's going to be a really fun switch for us to like move over to the video world. I know Rob's been pushing for that for a while. So that'll yeah. be nice. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Do it. Exactly. Exactly. I think one of the things that I'm most excited about for our season two is what we've been talking about for guest episodes on our 101s. Seriously, if you guys thought we were nerds before. Just you wait. Just you wait. (laughs) Just you wait. We're going to bring some of the outside in. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I like that. That's an absolutely Mm -hmm. perfect way of putting it. Yeah. We're also going to continue our community involvement through Discord, which has grown to one of the sweetest, kindest communities I think I've ever had the pleasure of being a part of. Yeah, I love our Discord people. Everyone's awesome. I was almost asleep last night and I noticed we had a new member and before I had even like a chance to really open up and see what was going on, people were already greeting them. Snakes and Foxes was the first one to be like, hey, welcome. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Thanks for being the welcoming committee. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. I saw that. It was so sweet. That's going to keep going and hopefully continue to grow. This last week, we've had quite a few new people come on, and it's been super fun. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also going to be doing more inner community We are planning some extra special stuff for our Patreon supporters. Yes. So I believe, can we like say something about the champagne chat? And how that's going to be yes, open. Yes. Yes. So for our birthday episode, we opened up the recording to anyone that was on our Discord server. And starting season two, this will be a perk for our Patreon. So you'll be able to come in and listen to us record live. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's going to be across all tiers, right? Yes. Yep. So from up the innkeeper tier all the way to Gateway Maker. Yep. Yeah, and we hope it's a perk you guys feel is worth, you know, at least three bucks a month. That'd be nice. (laughs) 
<laughs> We're not trying to extort you, I promise. <laughs> speaking speaking of yes. Patreons. Yes, yes, I'm so glad you made that transition. <laughs> it was going to be by next one. We have not had an opportunity to make this announcement yet, but we have a very special thank you to our newest patron, uh, Mistress Malin. And uh, this patron and I had a very special connection, finding out that we had the same middle name, spelled the exact same way. It was very fun. And therein is the Steel Magnolias. I love that. So do I. So welcome and thank you. Their ship. Their ship is the Steel Magnolia. Oh, is it a ship? Did I get it wrong? Oh, I totally did. Did I say in? Well, I probably did, and I was probably <laughs> wrong. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we have a new wave, a wave, wave mistress. mistress. So thank you, thank you. We appreciate it so very much. Seriously, thank you to all of our patrons. And this is someone that I think we've known since the very, very beginning of our podcast, and I I believe one of the very first people to leave us a voice message and you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, all the way back from the new spring era. <laughs> way seems, back in the new spring it era. It seems like ages ago, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. But it was super fun. And we, we still keep coming back to new spring and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon either. Truth be told. Nope. Probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> so thank I'm you, okay thank with you, that. Mistress Malin, all of our other fun patrons. You make what we do even more possible and better. So thank you. So should we get started with our water episode? I'm you know what's funny? I'm just I'm I'm going to say this. We chose this topic yesterday. <laughs> And we did. We did. And Amber the Amazing went through and was like, do, 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 do. I made a dock for us. <laughs> hey, let's be honest. You added some things last night. Oh, yeah. Night. Four sentences. That was me. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. That was but my I contribution. Feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is a fun topic because there are so many fun characters yes. and borders that, you know, you don't really need a ton of background mm -hmm. information on some of these characters. They're highly enjoyable and yeah it'll be fun to talk about yeah i i quickly amped up my excitement for this topic like <laughs> i really i like warders i like their presence and their influence in the in the series i mean lan of course comes to mind immediately he's the first one yes we meet and in some ways i always expect all the warders to be just like lan and when they They're aren't not. it kind of throws me off a little bit but makes me happy like they aren't just all stone-faced yeah soldiers yeah. some of them are playful and fun that's they're human it's interesting yeah lan is an interesting introduction into the world of water he really is yeah. he really really is but robert jordan is setting the bar very high for everyone else right like can anyone else match that once you've introduced it like here you go yeah. pinnacle of water badassery lan mm -hmm. manhandle captain Travis. Cap what are lan Manhandle Dragon. We can't even know. say it. Captain Too many Obvious titles. Dragoran. Okay. We'll make it. We'll make it. So, yes, I'm excited to talk about Warders. They just, it was like we decided this yesterday. I mean, how did we make it this far without deciding to do an episode <laughs> on Warders? My God, I feel like that should have been like the first, one of the first things. But I don't know. With the show coming out, like, I feel like this is a very important thing. I do too. And I don't know if the show will include all of our 
favorite warders. Mm -hmm. Or all of the details, because there's so much that goes into the warder bond that is very under the surface. And we'll get into it as well. There are, you can't detect the bond. Like a channeler can't, is that right? Yeah. They can't. So it's, it's not even something that someone else can who can channel can see so it's see, very yeah. mysterious so there mm-hmm. it's complicated it's layered it's jordan exactly full-blown jordan <laughs> it's jordan yep so yeah let's do let's do warders so what is a warder our first question and uh, yeah that obvious just call me lan uh lambert so we'll put your name <laughs> I love it. We'll put your name. Okay. That's your couple name now, Lambert. Yeah. So in the old tongue, warder is also called Gaiden. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of curious, like, if it has a specific meaning in the old tongue or if it's just like a... It probably means something like bodyguard, I'm going to guess. Interesting. Okay. So, well, they have a Gaiden, Gaiden, brother two of battle. I said I use this word for warders. Brother of battle. That actually, I mean, yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. And a warder is usually a man bonded to an Aes Sedai, and this bond is created by channeling Sidar. And whether by custom or law, all warders have historically been male. Mm-hmm. This person acts as a bodyguard for the Aes Sedai. They can also act as an ally or confidant. Mm-hmm. And something that I thought was really funny is when I looked it up in the wiki the other day, it says an ally in schemes, <laughs> which made me laugh because that's so typical. I can definitely think of mm-hmm. some certain Aes Sedai who have a warder. That is an ally in schemes. Absolutely. Several, actually. Yeah. They wear this pretty cool color-changing cloak that camouflages them, which I believe we will not be getting on the series. <gasps> For real? Too much money. I Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Fine. I mean, they have to change things. They have to change things. But certain things, when I find out that it's not going to be there, I'm like, because <gasps> I just, just give them a... <laughs> can you imagine just giving them a cloak... A green cloak yes. and then using a green screen yes. and they're just like a floating head like, ooh, I'm a vampire. <laughs> look at me. I mean, don't look at me. You can't see me. Yeah. It's so funny. Oh, I'm disappointed. But it does it does make sense. It would be expensive and time consuming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that editing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So their loyalty is to their Aes Sedai above and beyond everyone and everything else. Mm-hmm. So these two are very, very, very close. Yeah. The origin of Warders, it's really interesting because it doesn't evolve until after the breaking of the world. Like this was mm-hmm. not something that was part of the Age of Legends. Mm-hmm. I believe at some point in the series, if this is too spoilery, I'll cut it out. But I always thought it was really interesting. I think that comes back from the Age of Legends says something about how did these primitives ever discover this complex of a weave? You know, like mm. they were they were surprised at the ability of the Third Age Aes Sedai to be able to create this weave because it's not something that had ever been used in mm-hmm. the Age of Legends. And of course, when you think Age of Legends, you think the most complex, the most over-the-top mm-hmm. kinds of weaves available to these Aes Sedai. So I believe what I read, there's, I don't know if it points to an actual who created it and how it came about. No, I don't think there's any name or 
attribution to like a certain person who came up with the weave. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to speculate, after the breaking of the world, everything went to shit crap yeah Yeah, it was just madness sadness badness (laughs) fighting the dark one fighting shadow spawn fighting dreadlords and we've talked about this multiple times this is when the white tower basically uh, well before the white tower was even a tower this was when the Aes Sedai started to handle themselves almost like a military yes so it's kind of like creating a new rank of warrior to fight within this institution Mm. i would say Mm -hmm. very specific yeah it's it's a very specific bond and it creates a very specific connection even greens i'm thinking of when we did the amarillan seat episode and we were talking Mm -hmm. about that one green aja amarillan i think during the trollic wars who died with like her five warders warders and a pile of yeah a pile of shadow spawn and fades exactly so I think from that perspective, there's this very, I think you're right, like it's very specific and goes back to kind of a safety thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe they couldn't fine tune it any more than what they did or had. Do you know what I mean? Because there are so many things about what happens when the bond breaks that I would think someone, probably a brown, would be going through to try to figure out if there's a way to soften what happens to refine that weave so it's not such a harsh ending when it happens, if that makes sense. You would think, but they've had a whole lot of time to Mm -hmm. look into this and And we'll we'll get get there because we're definitely going to talk about that. So, how is it done? And it is with the use of the one power, a warder is bonded to the Aes Sedai, and this links them permanently until death of the bonder or the bondee. I couldn't think of a better way to put no, that that's because perfect. But yeah. when I read over it, I was like, yeah, yep, that's that's okay. right. <laughs> I, just... I I wouldn't have known how else to phrase it. I think that's exactly what it is, and I mean that's what what perfect transitioning did we just have? That was admirable. Um, one of the things that that you wrote down is this is a complex weave of over a hundred threads of spirit. And when mm-hmm. I was looking through the Wheel of Time Companion, I think one of the things that it said was anyone who can channel can create this weave. But it's said to be incredibly complex, and we know that not all Aes Sedai have the same capabilities as far as powerful channeling. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. how is it that every woman has the ability to create this very specific, complex? I would imagine they could probably do it with a circle, you know? Oh, okay. Okay, or like an angriel, something to enhance their power? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean... Because oh, that's a spoiler. That's okay. Save it for later. I'll Save it, it for down. later. I mean, we know that the hierarchy in the White Tower is all about strength, so we know that there has to be a bottom somewhere to level of strength. And I didn't even think about a circle or angriel. This is why we do this with two people. Let's talk about the bond itself. Yes, please. Okay. The warders can sense certain things about its charge, mm-hmm. and this was written in the Big White Book. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they call it a charge in parentheses, but I'm assuming by this they mean the Aes Sedai. So the warders can sense certain things about the Aes Sedai, and this allows the Aes Sedai to know whether or not her warder is alive, regardless of distance from one another. They can sense certain things about each other. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. no matter how far apart they might be. Mm-hmm. I like this here. The water bonds are separate. If an Aes Sedai bonds two waters, those two waters don't share the awareness of each other as they do to the Aes Sedai they are bonded to. I find Correct. that I find that very thought provoking. And it makes sense. But I Yeah, it's it's really difficult to imagine what the weaves look like. It feels like one surge would be going from one to the other, but it's not, yeah. I know, right? It's not coming, it's not coming back through. I don't know, it's weird. I'm almost thinking it of like electricity. Yeah. Like when you transmit electricity from like one mm-hmm. person to another. Did you ever do that science experiment in oh, school yes. where yeah, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> yeah. What I find would drive me crazy if I were someone to bond another person is it's hard enough for me to experience my own emotions. <laughs> Let alone the emotions of four other people potentially green Aja. We're gonna yeah, we'll get there because we're already almost 30 minutes in and we're on page one. Well, then we should probably move along. I don't know. Yeah. Amber, I don't know why you keep going off on these tangents. <laughs> so I'll hide my face in shame. Don't look at me. <laughs> so when a warder dies, the surviving Aes Sedai is, well, they'll know the moment that it happens through the bonds. Mm-hmm. And this is what Tracy was like getting at mm-hmm. here. I'm not going to say a character name for this, but at one point there's a there's a conversation that goes back and forth of what did one Aes Sedai do when their warder died? And the response was, I tore my sheets to shreds every night for months and couldn't fall asleep without weeping myself to sleep. So this bond, the severing of this bond, when it's involuntary, when it happens through... The death of either the Aes Sedai or the warder, mm-hmm. it has a very dramatic effect on what happens to the bonder and bondee. See, look, it makes yes. our conversation just that <laughs> much smoother. The Aes Sedai go through an emotional level of trauma that I imagine is not probably far off from the feeling of losing a child would be my I mean as hard as Mm -hmm. it is to lose a spouse or something about losing a child that I feel would yeah that's more traumatic I feel like yeah like gut gut wrenching um Mm -hmm. it feels like a piece of you is missing you know Mm -hmm. Um, yeah that also kind of falls in line with how stilling and gentling are described Mm -hmm. like as a loss of something a whole Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. a part of you now that wasn't there before with this trauma, the the Aes Sedai will usually bond another warder before the emotional trauma fades from the loss of... But in, sorry, that made me, like, think for a moment. So my brain just kind of yeah. went, like, oh, sorry. Ping. Yeah, yeah. No. You know, like, my light bulb just, like... <laughs> but in many cases, it takes years for her to bond another, meaning that this damage, this emotional trauma lasts for a very long period of time. Some, mm-hmm. I said, I don't even bond another water at all. Yeah, I feel like that's completely understandable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if I were a character in this series, I would be very hesitant to ever have a water. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Have someone to have my back, sure. But right. be attached to someone like that and have all of the... The effects of what happens after a water would die is incredibly awful sounding agree put it very simply Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean both of my parents have passed away and unexpectedly 
And one of my coworkers found me curled up in a corner of our filing room crying one afternoon because I just, I couldn't handle it. It just hurt so much. And like, I kind of think about that, but magnified for these women because they were actually inside each other's heads in a way that we, Mm -hmm. you and I in the world that we live in, can't connect you know what I mean? Yeah, it almost sounds like just what I've heard about when a twin loses a twin. Hmm. Like someone who's shared like such a close bond with. Yeah, that... yeah. My heart is aching. We need to move on. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. But at the same time, I don't think that it would be fair to talk about warders and the the bond between warders and Aes Sedai without at least emphasizing how harsh those circumstances are when the end of that happens involuntarily. Mm -hmm. So I don't mind that we went through like a little, a little sad moment there. This is why one of the reasons why Manetherin went boom. Like (laughs) the queen lost her husband, Mm -hmm. the king who was her warder. So she just went supernova Mm -hmm. and charred everything. So this is, Something extreme here. Extreme. Good word. Good word. So if the Aes Sedai is killed, the warder also loses their will to live. They tend to seek out death on their own. <laughs> the frenzy! No, it is. They just... I, it goes back to what I was thinking about of that Amarlin C, the green, mm-hmm. who took out all of those heaps. Because mm-hmm. I have a feeling maybe she died... And then her warders just went ballistic and killed everything that was around them, or maybe, resulting in piles yeah, and piles. Because, and I think it could go either way as well. Yeah. Like, perhaps, like, one warder died, and then she starts she to went lose it a friends, little, yeah. which mm-hmm. then, like, spreads out to her warders who then continue. Yeah. Ooh. If the Aes Sedai loses a warder, mm-hmm. she feels all of this grief and emotion. Mm-hmm. Does that get passed back to her warders or are they only able to sense it? Because I have a feeling they can sense it, but they're not affected by it. I would feel that they would sense it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how affected they would be by it. You know what I mean? Because it's such an intense emotion. Yeah, I could... Right. I can assume they would feel panic, Mm -hmm. like just as a normal human emotion, feeling panic Mm -hmm. for what just happened to this person that they are bonded with. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that would make them go into frenzy mode. Yeah. I don't know. That's something we'll have to look for on our reread. I like that, though. That question. I love questions. So, yeah, with the frenzy, it's nearly impossible to keep the warder alive afterwards. It is basically the norm for a warder to go off and do something incredibly dangerous or reckless or... Like running off to the blight just to seek their own death and kill as many shadow spawn on the way as possible. Or they die trying to avenge their Aes Sedai in the event that it happens in like a battle or possibly a scheme Mm -hmm. situation, the survival of warders after the death of their Aes Sedai is the chance is minimal, really minimal. Mm -hmm. So that's something I think you would want to take into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, they are are offering their life 
you know, mm-hmm. like they when they become bonded to their Aes Sedai, they're choosing the needs of the Aes Sedai over the needs for themselves. So it's almost as though the bond completes its purpose when the Aes Sedai dies, because the warder has already kind of given his life without the Aes Sedai mm-hmm. purpose flees. And so it just, to me, that kind of makes sense that that's how that would unfold, if you will. Not necessarily ideal. <laughs> It could be improved so that these men could survive, I think. Um, but yeah. It's all right. Something's out. No, no, no. You're totally fine. Okay. I want to talk about the ethics of the bonds because this is some tricky stuff. And I think it's really interesting. So yes. since the time of the Trolloc Wars, it has been a requirement that the man gives permission. And this bond can only be done with consent. Mm-hmm. So because of this emotional awareness between the bonder and bondee or the bonded, the Aes Sedai or bonder may do something called masking or cloaking the bond. Mm. And this hides their emotions and their location. Mm-hmm. And this is really interesting because you feel like within this situation, these two would have a very high expectation of trust between each other. Mm-hmm. So it makes you wonder why would this masking or cloaking ever be needed? There is I'm also just trying a... not to blurt out sex. <laughs> <laughs> and I just did it anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of something totally different, but I like that you brought that up because it's true. Mm-hmm. There's also this question of obedience. Mm. Some warders are completely unaware that their Aes Sedai can compel them to obey their wishes by manipulating their bond with spirit. And this this isn't compelling with a capital C, like in compulsion. Mm -hmm. This just means influencing. (laughs) Compulsion light? Is that what you mean? Yeah, compulsion light, Mm -hmm. yes. So many forms of that. This is not forbidden by tower law, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Like, crazy. Like, you will go over there and do that right now because I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of like, oh, I'm like a zombie now, I guess, whatever you say, sure. That is really interesting. Like, in this one Mm -hmm. situation, it's okay to force someone against their will to do. Even if it's just a nudge. Yeah. You know? Because compulsion isn't allowed in the tower right like it's, a, it's absolutely outlawed. not yeah that's yeah. what i thought so it's why would they it's make up there with yeah it's up there with balefire why would they it's, make it's an no-no. exception for for this you know what because i mean because they are Aes Sedai and they're full of contradictions and <laughs> i don't know hypocrisy <laughs> um. i think you just i think you just found the answer well done well done. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can stop our podcast now. <laughs> the Everything end. is done. It was nice hanging out, everyone. <laughs> Just kidding. Go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> so there's also something about mm-hmm. releasing or switching the bond. Yep. If an Aes Sedai is able to prepare for an unavoidable death, she can release her bond from her warder and spare them this uncontrollable desire for revenge and death. Mm-hmm. And a switch in bonding can be done if an Aes Sedai knows she is going to die. Mm-hmm. So just for example, in a battle situation and maybe you've exhausted yourself channeling, you can't defend yourself anymore, someone comes at you, you know this is the end, you can pass that bond off. Mm -hmm. Now, doing this without permission Mm -hmm. is still, it's it's a slippery slope because you're wanting to spare them this grief Mm -hmm. and this frenzy, Mm -hmm. but you also are doing something that connects them to this other person 
in a very intimate way that they may or may not be okay with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there are some ethical questions here. Absolutely. I did not know the thing about the push for obedience. And Isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. To the Ajas? To the Ajas! Just a preference. Yeah, just to yeah. preference this. We don't have every Aja listed here, but this is just the main beats of the most important things about the Ajas when talking about orders. Absolutely. Because it shouldn't it shouldn't be surprising at all that the Ajas all have a different approach mm-hmm. to war yes. to <laughs> warders. Warders. Blech. Okay. So the greens, other Ajas are one Aes Sedai, one warder. And of mm-hmm. course, the greens just can't be... They can't <laughs> do that. They can't do that. They're the battle Aja, so they need their own... Small army, a small battalion. Yeah, yeah, like a constant bodyguard. I mean, I think I would want that too. I would feel pretty um unstoppable if I were walking around with like a pack of deadly warders. Right? I'm wondering now, just curious... If you already have like 12 warders <laughs> and you lose one, is the trauma not as bad mm. if you still have connections to others? Because I could see that being very beneficial when you're in battle, if you are a green Aja that happens to find themselves in a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> some way, somehow. <laughs> But, you know, or they just like to hang out in the tower sipping tea with their men hanging around. Right? I don't know. If you're not leaving the tower, then... What's the point in having many warders? Are they just like... Is the answer sex again? (laughs) (laughs) The green Aja is the thirstiest Aja. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That's so good. But maybe, maybe. I'm not saying it is or isn't. The greens really kind of stand out as far as having many warders. Yeah, and so we've talked about wanting them for protection in battle. As far as marriage and warders and Aes Sedai and marriage goes, it's very uncommon for Aes Sedai to get married. And it is believed that the only Aja that ends up marrying any of their warders are the greens. So... I can only think of a like one or two cases, maybe three in the series that's brought mm-hmm. up that marriage is involved with Green Ice and I and their their war. Yeah, to the Reds. Yeah, to the Reds. Sorry, I'm just thinking this about one's... the Green Aja being the thirstiest Aja. That's still <laughs> kind of making me laugh. It might be true. It might. It, it might be, be true. true. Yeah, just don't know. The red Aja is really easy because they're the only Aja that doesn't bond waters. And then the next step is the browns and the whites. It's very rare for them to have a warder. They don't often bond one, but sometimes their research or travels, I'm guessing, take them to a dangerous place. And in this case, maybe they would like to have that extra protection around or companionship, I guess. They are the most bored warders. Probably. (laughs) They're boarders. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> this is actually such a good question. Why have a warder or why have or be a warder? Yeah, let's speculate. So 
I have to think if I were a warder, or if I was thinking about being a warder, knowing that if my I said I died, I would probably end up killing myself. That's pretty off putting. Mm-hmm. Then you have to look at what they get out of it. Mm-hmm. They get fast healing. They get this ability to go longer periods without needing to eat food or drink water. Mm-hmm. They can go on fighting and they have more stamina. They mm-hmm. don't need as much rest and they also have this uncanny ability to sense the taint of the dark one's presence Mm -hmm. so it looks like they have some semblance of being able to feel shadow spawn they also have this like gps like beacon for their aes where the aes can know where they're (laughs) at so if you're in a battle Mm -hmm. or something and you get split up Mm -hmm. they would be able to find their way back to you absolutely yeah and there's also a theory from some of the Aes Sedai who believe that that's in the wrong section so (laughs) uh so yeah they've got a bunch of things working for them if this is something that motivates you they also have the opportunity to train and become the most dangerous warriors i guess Mm -hmm. in the westlands past like maybe a few others of equal or greater footing you know yeah it's kind of like there's a little bit of like a like bragging rights there where there's prestige Mm -hmm. with this title where i said i can travel the westlands and everyone knows who an i said i is Mm -hmm. everyone will kind of bow in her presence doing like air quotes but being connected to that gives you a higher place in society Mm -hmm. not to mention the perks of just being trained within the tower Mm -hmm. so you become a better blade master maybe a a better fighter Mm -hmm. i mean i can easily see how becoming a warder ties you to a cause that might be very close and personal to you so i would I would imagine that a reason to become was being given a way to mm-hmm. fulfill the things that you personally wanted to do as well. It's like having yeah. a partnership, you know? Yeah. Like I don't necessarily see the Warder Aes Sedai connection as subservient, even though it is, but it's mm-hmm. frequently more like equals. When there's consent involved, mm-hmm. it's beneficial. It's a very like symbiotic relationship. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's another good reason to become a warder is that mm-hmm. it gives you an opportunity to fulfill what you might feel is your destiny. And maybe, right, there's, yeah. maybe there's no other reason to do it. Like, Let's say you're a good, you're good at like hand to hand combat. You don't want to be a stinky white cloak. <laughs> you don't want to live on a farm, live on a farm. You don't want to be a merchant or something. Or a craft then, yeah. person. Or, or... Yeah, exactly. Maybe you feel like your skill is more along the lines of battling with the blade. Bodyguard. When you say bodyguard, all I can think of is that one meme that showed up on Instagram. (laughs) I don't remember who made it, but it's awesome. What one? I don't remember. Oh, there was one that took one of the images from the... the, I know what you... Yeah. I know. I remember now. So funny. Okay. Now we can get to your fun (laughs) facts. So, fan cloth, I really like this because this is from the Age of Legends, and I'm glad that you brought yes. that in. Um, yes! Yeah. More tech! Yes! So, it's completely artificial. 
and it gives the camouflaged effect so that the wearer seems to be invisible. They mm -hmm. look as though they blend completely into the background, whatever that background is. So, yes, the effect is and would be really difficult to translate to the show. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. But I get it. I get it. I have to ask myself, because in the Age of Legends, it was used as fashion. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of what freaking purpose they would want fan cloth as like to be the most boring fashion show of all time okay so like, i have an idea walking down the walking down the catwalk <laughs> no one sees anything great they just see the reflection of like the people around them like it's just this <laughs> camouflaged weird everything yeah. is just an audience and mm -hmm. um what i was actually thinking is so fashion is generally connected with high society. Mm -hmm. So generally also expensive, exclusive, only mm -hmm. used for specific things. So I can see someone wanting to have a fan cloth something. Party? Yes. A yeah. gallery opening with pieces of like art. Like a gala? Yeah, like you could be a reflection of the art around you. And like depending on how mm. it was cut, it wouldn't necessarily have to cover your entire body it could just be like maybe it's like you have a hat or hat? something yeah i know mm -hmm. hats usually go more uh horizontal but i'm thinking like vertical fan type yeah. like almost opening exactly. up headband type thing like i feel as mm -hmm. though there could be a lot of artistic applications for fan cloth but i yeah. would not see it as something that would be your everyday wear like it replaces right. your favorite pair of jeans right. somehow <laughs> Can you imagine just people waiting in line at Starbucks? Like, Joe, your coffee is ready. Joe, does anyone I see, don't him? see him? I could see it like a girdle, like where it's just Ooh, something. like your middle. Yeah, the middle section, but it only is on the side, so it gives you like a slimming effect. Ooh, I'll take it. Make your waist look teeny tiny. <laughs> With Amber's fashion fan cloth cuts. <laughs> yes. uh, I posted on Discord, what would you do with fan cloth? And Snakes and Foxes said, like, socks. 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 So my feet look like they're gone. <laughs> I don't remember what else he said. Um, anything <laughs> that made it yeah. look like he was float or they were floating or had a missing limb. I believe um, oh, the socks one just killed me so hard because, <laughs> oh, my God. What was the other one? But I do know it was definitely like he either wanted to be like a foot. Are you OK? Are you OK? Oh my goodness. I've left all of the air out of my lungs. <laughs> but it I'm is fine. funny. Like, I'm fine. You're OK. You sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm great. Okay, we have to move on from fan cloth. But I mean, like, as far as uses and stuff goes, mm -hmm. I do, I do one love Snakes and Foxes suggestions. I wish we could remember more of them. And I liked our speculation around, like, what would you use it for? And I think that there are, like, a lot of applications. And what the Aes Sedai choose to use it for, mm -hmm. for their warders, I think tells a lot about what they want and what they expect from their warder. 
but they also keep that just for themselves. Like no one else has mm -hmm. access to fan cloth except Isodai. So there's only and one it's limited. Thing. There's not there's not enough for everyone. So I have to imagine they keep it guarded within the tower. Oh, interesting. This would be a highly coveted material because mm -hmm. if it got into the wrong hands, I mean, people could really <laughs> do some damage with it, I'm assuming. Just sneak into. Yeah. Like whatever you want because no one can see you. Stealth mode. Definitely. Stealth mode. Yeah. Can mm -hmm. you see Matt? The idea of Matt All the gold. fan cloth. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we were going to move on from that. I'm sorry I brought it back up. I just really liked it. Yes. So you must be a full Aes Sedai before you can bond a warder. That mm -hmm. seems like it would be pretty obvious, but mm -hmm. there are an awful lot of um, little scoff laws throughout the series, so you just yeah. never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. But good to know. <laughs> yeah, and warders are covered by the three oaths, so an Aes Sedai can use the one power as a weapon to only to protect protect her life or the life of her warder. Yes. But you can but you can like flick people with the one power and pinch them. That's allowed. That's okay. It's not it's not a mortal wound. Yeah. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah. bruised for a few days, maybe difficult to walk for a moment. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's what you expect. When I first read over that, I misunderstood it and thought that and I, I wanted to ask you about this. I thought that it meant that the three oaths applied to the warders. Like they could not oh, lie. No, they no, could no. not do. And, but then I I wondered, that doesn't translate over to the warders in any way, does it? Like the three oaths, it's just wrapped on the... They can lie. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Since I misunderstood it, it made me wonder. But I, I don't think that there is any connection. Can you imagine just an eye that I've been like not even needing to lie right just being like hey jerry right tell them tell them why <laughs> i was just thinking that the warder becomes more of like your your the mouthpiece yeah and you're yeah. the ventriloquist Wait. oh this makes me think of who who does the puppets leaf cast is that right mm-hmm but I don't think they sound like. They don't. No. Are you sure? <laughs> because that sounds like Beaker from the Muppets. Mm. And the adult on <laughs> Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like peanuts. That <laughs> I was thinking of the planters peanuts guy in the top hat. I'm thinking like okay. the cartoon and the. Let's go on. So there is no tower law stating a maximum numbers of warders mm -hmm. allowed to be bonded. And I think that's hilarious because there's got to be some thirsty green somewhere like, I will have them all. <laughs> 100, 200. They don't have just a pack. They have like an entire battalion. <laughs> a country. Right. They move out. They, they, all of her warders start taking up the spaces that are supposed to be for the novices that aren't there. Cause it's <laughs> the novices' quarters get taken over by one green's need yeah. for multiple warders. Yes. The bond does not allow the Aes Sedai to know the actual distance from her warder. And it is possible for an Aes Sedai to relinquish her warder bond and pass it to another Aes Sedai, which I think we kind of covered before. Yeah. But it doesn't hurt to kind of just like. Keep that, yeah. keep that in your mind that it is possible. 
There is a theory from some Aes Sedai that believe the trauma caused by the death of the warder is caused by the emotional control of channeling. Mm. I'd get more into that, but it hurts my brain to think about. I agree. Because yeah. it's too much too much bouncing around of weaves and mm-hmm. the bond and channeling. So there you go. Yeah, I had I had kind of the same reaction to it when I read over that. I was like, oh, okay. That hurts. That hurts my brain. Yep. Going to just throw that out there and let everybody chew it apart to on the their wind. own. Yeah. Yes. If you have thoughts on it, send them our way, please. Please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we were wrong about something, let us know. Oh, please. We'll, we'll share We'll share your correction with the world. Happily. Happily. <laughs> Do... And I think that's it. Yeah. For, that wraps for up. the spoiler-free section. Spoiler-free. So... Spoiler-free. Um, spoiler time. Spoiler time. So the first thing on the spoiler list is something that you had wanted to talk about. Yeah, and I wish I would have taken more time to kind of find the names for the people involved here, especially since this is in the spoilers and I could say it. Yeah. But one of the things that really stands out to me from the series is the capture and torture of an Aes Sedai and her warder. And it really highlights what that bond is and what it does because you have what it can do. Exactly. You have one room where the Aes Sedai is hung up on the wall and being tortured. And then you have another room where the warder is hung up and about to be tortured. And in the process, whoever the torturer is, I can't remember if it's one of the Black Aja or if it's one of the Forsaken. I think it might be one of the Forsaken. I think so, too. Yeah, because I think she's the one who comments on the connection between the bond and... Is it Semirog? I feel like it's Semirog. Isn't she the Lady of Pain? It would make sense for it to be her. Yeah. So while she's doing this, like, she's... She first starts with the Aes Sedai, then she goes to the Warder, and while she's, like, slowly stimulating the pain or the pleasure centers for the warder, she kind of gets lost in thought and accidentally kills him. Accidentally kills him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then is like, well, fuck. Shoot. Yeah. And then she goes into the room where the Aes Sedai is, and the Aes Sedai is losing it. Like, weeping, wailing, grief. And Mm -hmm. Semirag is astonished really at how this connection works and what it's done to the mm-hmm. Aes Sedai. And I think that's when like the comment of how did they figure out this mm-hmm. weave when it was something that they hadn't ever done. So Semirog I think is the most detestable of all of the Forsaken in my opinion. I can see that. No redeeming qualities. Like on our birthday episode, I was talking about how certain characters, you just want to punch them in the mm-hmm. face. Semirog is on a different level where, like, <laughs> she just needs to die. You know what I mean? Like, they just, they need to die. That's mm-hmm. all that there is to it. There's no, there's no coming back from the things that she's done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that separates her from the other Forsaken is, like, I mean, we've talked about this several times, is just that some of the Forsaken are really 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 terrible mm-hmm. evil and some are just competitive petty jealous yeah and trying to get an upper hand in some way so there's there's definitely a difference in what leads people to do specific things yep but yeah I'm i gonna... really i thought oh. this was really no go ahead um i just kind I of just wanted <laughs> go ahead <laughs> i'm trying <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm just gonna nap 
I'll let you take it away for the rest of this, and I'll just nod in agreement. Spoiler time! It's a one-woman show. (laughs) I just wanted to say what I had written down so I don't forget about it. Please, please. So I think the water bond is a little bit similar to the first sister bond, where I think that others could create the weave for you if you couldn't do it yourself. Oh, how very interesting. Okay. I can see that. I hadn't really... I'm not 100... Yeah. Not 100% sure, but I'm, I'm guessing here. I like that. I hadn't thought about that. Notable bondings, notable Pairings. pairs, groupings. Yeah. Yes. I mean, seriously, there's. it's definitely more than just two on several of these. Mm-hmm. And I guess for some odd reason, I don't know why I forget that. I just do. It's just me. I forget everything frequently. So there's that. Gawain and Aguin. First. Are we start? Yes. Are we starting with yes. the worst first? Is that- <laughs> I actually don't know if it is worst. I know, first. I know. They are both completely like capable people. Mm-hmm. They are just the wrong people for each other. Mm-hmm. Gawain makes mention. I don't remember what part of the book it was in, but he makes the theory that warders are important to Aes Sedai for psychological protection as well as physical mm-hmm. because only the warder can read her emotions because the Aes Sedai's face is always calm. Yep. Nobody know nobody knows what's going on in there. Mm-mm. Only the warder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Gawain's Gawain's situation is different because he is the epitome of warder. Mm-hmm. He has been brought up since he was a small child to fit the role of a sworn protector, Mm -hmm. to fit the role of a bodyguard. Mm -hmm. So him becoming a warder is just, I feel like, the perfect fit for him. Mm -hmm. The only thing is the person who he wanted to be bonded to really... I don't think she really wanted it. Mm-hmm. I think she was too traumatized by all the things that had gone on mm-hmm. previously. And then that thought of knowing what could happen if your warder dies. So it, it's just an unfortunate pairing, mm-hmm. I feel like. Mm-hmm. But I can understand why they would and wouldn't want to be together. But they get married. I mean, like, I don't know. It's just like, that was weird. This Algawain has been raised to be a protector. Like, this is his calling. Mm-hmm. This is his calling. Yeah, I mean that's why find I'm... someone else. Yeah, in some ways, I almost feel as though Gawain badgered Egwene, and I don't. I think she pushed against it as any stubborn, independent person would. It's just so hard with Egwene because the way that she's written is like. Fuck this. I've got this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to drag me down. Mm-hmm. I will not let that happen ever again. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Gawain, and it's just like, oh, for Christ's sake. And he stumbles into at least one or two situations where Green was like, I had it figured out. I knew what I wanted to do. I had a plan. He also saves her life. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean... There are situations where she was like, I got this. I don't need any Mm -hmm. help. But it's like, well, you would have died there. Which I think is good. Like, I think that that moment when Gawain is defending Egwene while she is in the world of dreams and Mm -hmm. he's fighting against the blood knives. Yes. I would have woken up and, and bonded him instantly. Isn't that what she does? Oh, my God. You're right. They weren't even bonded at that point. Yeah. So he didn't even have the perks. No. He didn't even have the... He was just doing it on his own, doing the best that he could. I feel like there are many women within the tower who would have 
thrown themselves on the floor to beat Gawain's to beat Gawain's. I said I. I said I. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a funky pairing where I get why people are like, what the hell? They their relationship is so weird. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. But they are also young kids. Yes. And I mean, yep, that's we, so we don't always easy. make the best relationship choices as a what 20 year old i have no idea how old they are and i mean really relationship choices are complex Mm -hmm. you're never inside someone else's head to know even when you're reading something like this and it's their point of view you still can't fully know yeah there's just such a lack of communication with the two that it makes me want to pull my hair out because (laughs) they have all of these qualities that could make them the strongest pairing of Aes Sedai and Warder ever, but it just didn't work out that way. They could have been so much, and I feel like... I think given time, they would have been able to get to that point, potentially. I mean, we've definitely talked about, like, we've talked We've definitely talked about the directions that could be taken and how Egwene is leaning in the tyrant mode. So maybe they wouldn't have been able to reach that point where they could communicate effectively and mm-hmm. be as powerful as they could be together. I just think that they wanted totally different things. Yeah. I mean, this was Gawain's purpose. It just so happened that the woman he was in love with, that was not her thing. It's not anything she wanted. I don't think she had any interest in it. And I don't think she would have ever had any interest in it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But she does move on and bonds Gienan, which I think is really cool because this gives her the strength to continue fighting, yes. which was so necessary to the plot. Mm-hmm. But it also opens the door for the acceptance of women to bond other women, mm-hmm. which is, that's fun. Yes, it is. Yes, it I'm is. I'm not going to talk about Lan and Moraine because they're awesome. And I think if you just read Eye of the World, like you already know how mm-hmm. much of a badass pairing they are. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about Murella and Lan, mm-hmm. the woman that Moraine passes the bond to yeah because this is a special like level of gross (laughs) yeah where Murel I'm doing air quotes has a special talent for healing warders who have lost their Aes Sedai and she basically just sexes Sexes them up (laughs) I told you sex Robert Jordan (laughs) come on man you know what though he is (laughs) wonderfully restrained in a lot of ways when it comes to sex and i certainly appreciate it yeah and definitely when it does but sometimes not at all yeah and it's very rarely a moment where i'm doing anything other than going ew oh okay right that happened right? why did it yeah why did i have to get exposed why? to that thanks <laughs> thanks it's like the equivalent of like, <laughs> like walking in know. on your parents yeah, like, ew. ew. I don't want to know. Don't want mm-hmm. to know. I'm thankful that I've read the series frequently enough that I can be like, okay, I know I want to skip these pages and I want to skip yeah. this part. This goes back to the spoiler-free section. Yeah. Free nausea. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really seem to work in this case for Lan. I don't think it really works at all. It just keeps them busy with something mm-hmm. else. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a distraction is all it is, yep. I feel like. There are a lot of things that are going through my head right now, and all of them are icky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y- yes. Okay. So the Morel and Lan pairing is not great. I think we can no. agree on that. 
we can move but, on. Ew. At the same time, I guess you do what you gotta do. No, right? I don't know. I might take that back. I have no idea. I feel like there are much better ways to preoccupy someone that don't involve sex. Like, why does it like when Lan actually goes out and practices the sword? That makes sense to me. Have him yeah, dig like, a get, trench. Have him get, go chop down. Get a puppy. <laughs> get a pet. That would keep him busy. That would keep him busy. Yeah. All right. Swan and Gareth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was relieved when Swan bonded Gareth. I was disappointed in their deaths. <laughs> yes. That's like the really <laughs> simplified version of, mm-hmm. of their relationship, I feel like. Because they have that, like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I love you, I love you, I love you, until, like... I think it would be really cool if they made Gareth Brynn a woman. Oh, what a fun idea. Put the the leader of the military in a matriarchal society, make that be a woman. That makes so much sense. It would make Brigitte, like, universally loved when she shows up. Oh, I like it. I feel like it would be more acceptable in Andor, so that would give Elaine public more public backing maybe for the throne like she has a woman warder she's fucking awesome yeah, like i like it a lot i feel as though with the direction the show seems to be taking in particular mm-hmm. gender and gender equality and all of the i want to say all of the relationship representation mm-hmm. that's being done it would be really cool to see that and also because we know swan and moraine were pillow front or right pillow friends yeah so they were mm-hmm. pillow friends so she has been with a woman in the past. In a relationship with another woman mm-hmm. yeah and so for like if she had had a relationship with a man and then with a woman it helps normalize the fact that we mm-hmm. aren't always attracted to the same yeah and it it, it pushes things away from like oh it's just a phase exactly. because they're young women exactly i'm thinking um shit creek when david says like <laughs> i just like the wine <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah i feel as though putting those things into a mainstream hopefully what will become a mainstream mm-hmm. television show is really valuable and I would love to see that. I know we had talked about doing an episode on which of the five captains would we gender swap. And you saying this about Gareth makes him almost the perfect mm-hmm. gender swap character to I would do. like to do. I would like to do all of them and see if it would be possible to do it without having to completely rewrite everything. You know what I mean? We could talk about the pros and cons of working and not working i like but, it i yeah. but i really like this i think this is really this is a cool idea you would have elaine and brigida like the first mm-hmm. Aes Sedai warder well she's not even Aes Sedai, but the first female bonding mm-hmm. and then you could do swan and gareth female gareth fareth uh <laughs> i and was then trying to think of you could do Egwene and Aginan. Mm-hmm. So, like, it works its way up to where it becomes totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. And, like, done without even really thinking about the gender application. Interesting. I like it. Yeah, let's hop into Brigida and Elaine since we're already kind of there. And then I'll go back to this one sure. afterwards. Yeah. So, I like the Brigida and Elaine pairing because it's important that we know. Elaine broke tower law because she was only an accepted. It's not just the fact that she bonded a woman. Mm -hmm. 
she bonded before she was a full Aes Sedai. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how that plays out. And then I looked up today, bonding and accepted as a serious crime. So if they are discovered, the perpetrator would have to likely hand that bond over Mm -hmm. to someone else. Mm -hmm. But if it's a woman, like what... It's never been done before. Mm -hmm. Like, so they just like hand the woman, the bond off to another woman when there's also these shared perceptions going on between the two women that are bonded Mm -hmm. that no one's experienced before, because up until that point, only men have been warders. Mm -hmm. So they have some absolutely hilarious, embarrassing (laughs) moments because of this shared perception. I laughed my ass off when Brigida is just sloshed mm-hmm. and she's like we gotta go drink right now we gotta go drink right now and everyone's like what the hell is wrong with you and she's kind of like I it's so comical but at the same time it's like Robert Jordan like come on guys it's a really fun way of kind of letting mm-hmm. us know what's going on without actually experiencing it there's just the there's the unusual effects of long-term bonding where it's two women like they don't quite know exactly mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. it happens. One of the things that is very handy about the Brigida and Elaine connection is the invisible mm-hmm. bond. Like we had spoken earlier that it can't be detected, so no one notices mm-hmm. it. Like no one able to channel will know that someone is bonded. They can kind of hide so, it. So yeah, from that's people. Yeah. highly convenient for the two of them. And then it's just keeping up the ruse of who she is. And I do have to say, Elaine does not seem to hesitate too hard about breaking Tower Law. She's kind of a she's a little bit like Matt in that aspect which way she's got a bit of a roguish heart really like Mm -hmm. when we first meet her she's climbing rogue queen yeah like she's climbing around in trees and getting Mm -hmm. her dress dirty and thinking of ways to make it okay for this handsome intruder to be cleared in her presence or whatever like Mm -hmm. Elaine is always thinking outside the law of what has been mm-hmm. determined, which I mean, hooray, good for her. And that also makes her a somewhat capable, like, battle tactician, as we see mm-hmm. in the end mm-hmm. there, because she thinks of things pretty quickly on her feet. She really does. So, yeah. I have a different appreciation from Elaine or for Elaine than I think I used to. And I'm really looking forward to our reread because I don't. I usually end up focusing mm. more on like the other female characters and by the end of the series Elaine is I think I'm I'm one of those people that I was delighted by all the Elaine scenes but for the most part it's because the Elaine scenes come with Brigida and Avienda mm-hmm. and I think they're I don't know they're always a lot of fun and I like the politicking yes yeah yeah did you want to go on to the Red Aja repurposed um just make a short observation because Varen and Tomas is a very, very interesting mm. warder Aes Sedai duo. When I was looking back and it said that sometimes the warder will act as a schemer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the Aes Sedai, this is exactly who I was thinking about because I don't think Varen really even needed a warder. She just needed a companion on this like hard journey that she was on. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of wanted the same things as her. So we don't know their exact story, how they met. We don't really know what 
that meeting looked mm-hmm. like. When I think of a schemer, Mm -hmm. Varen, I think, tops the list. And I know a lot of people love Varen, but, oh, I think she is a schemer to her heart. She's so good at it that nobody had a clue who or what she was. Mm -hmm. She was so good at scheming that the Black Aja didn't even know that she was working as a double agent, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm Yes. I think Varen is one of the grayest characters in the series, maybe even leaning a little bit more towards bad than good mm-hmm. because she says she's done horrible things, I think, that would make you weep or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And we don't know exactly what she's done, but she tries to make it all right in the end. Mm-hmm. And people love redemption. So people love Varen. I love the cover up that Varen has that is just naturally her. So she's on the plump side. She looks like your elderly aunt. She's very comforting. And you don't really know that she's going to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, actually Black Aja. And so is my warder. Yeah. Did they have like a meet and greet? Shale right. Well, that's what I'm... That's what I'm saying. Like they had to... Uh, he just... Maybe he was just some regular... Joe Schmo dark friend shadow pal they had a conversation and they were like well maybe we can maybe we can be friends maybe here. you should come maybe... train at the tower yeah but if I'm not mistaken he what gravitated towards her because they both wanted a way out of oh, being okay like they neither of them wanted to remain you know in employment by the dark one that's a really dumb way of saying it employment (laughs) no i get what you mean though i get it they wanted out yeah and instead they found each other and that was kind of like their out their companionship kind of maybe saved them from having to do something more drastic who knows Mm -hmm. so the red aja repurposed Mm -hmm. this is this is kind of like a lot a lot but after the cleansing of sidine the red aja changed their stance on bonding warders Mm -hmm. So now that this universal gentling of male channelers is no longer necessary, the Red Aja is like, well, we need a new purpose. And now that purpose is bonding men who can channel, basically. So it was decreed that Red Sisters could bond warders, but only from the men that can channel. Mm -hmm. What an interesting twist. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. I think that's why when I took one of those quizzes <laughs> online where it's like, what's your Aja? I got half gray, half red. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming it's because it meant like fourth age mm-hmm. red. I can see that. I think that it's really interesting that they go from hunting. I like it. I, I think too. it's a really great twist. Well, and, it's, and I mean, I'm sure I, Andrew and Pavara are on here. And aren't they kind of the first of the Red Aja? Or did they... Because I know they make an argument to say that the Red Aja is the best suited Aja to approach the Black Tower. So there were bondings happening before them, I believe. Mm -hmm. They were a little bit later than the rest. Mm -hmm. But Elida was sending Red sisters to the Black Tower to, you know, go deal with those... (laughs) with that very frustrating, small little group of Ashaman, so they thought. And then there was, before this happened, 
there was an Ashaman, Ashaman named Terrell, uh, Terrell Candler, and he's credited for discovering the Black Towers weave, mm-hmm. where it's like that kiss weave. And then the Ashaman started doing it to bond with their wives because they wanted to like reassure mm-hmm. their wives that they would be okay when they're out doing battle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think like it came from a really beautiful thing where they wanted to do something that kept them together Mm -hmm. and then things start to go off the rails Mm -hmm. and the red aja shows up and they're like well we're gonna deal with you and then the asha men are like well no you're not and then this bond gets repurposed so then we have the asha men bonding the red sisters and then we have the decree from Rand where he's like, well, you can have this many. Yeah. So the Ashaman are bonding Aes Sedai, and then the Aes Sedai are bonding Ashaman, mm-hmm. and it's going back and forth. But Pavara and Andril are one of those really interesting pairs. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite bonded pair, even over Lan and Moraine. At, oh, they don't come yeah, in until good one. the very end. But Mm -hmm. it's so surprising, it's so unexpected, and it's so delightful in how it comes about. Like, you're just not expecting this at all. I feel the same way about how everything ends up at the Black Tower, Mm -hmm. because I was not expecting them to come up with their own weave Mm -hmm. of bonding. And listen to this. This is what this is some stuff that I think is really mm-hmm. cool. So when the White Tower learns that the Ashaman can use their water bonds to a greater influence of control than what they would have on their water, mm-hmm. they are not happy about <laughs> it. And I think that is so funny and so typical. I said I like, that well, is. it's okay for us to have influence on our waters, but you've gone too far, mister. <laughs> And then lots of finger shaking, maybe. The Aes Sedai can also, you know, they can influence their waters, just not so much. Mm -hmm. But if a red sister bonds a man who can channel, he is highly resistant to that influence. Mm. So it's even like there's layers and layers. So if a red sister tries to bond an Ashaman, he can kind of like block that compulsion light we were talking about Mm -hmm. so the white tower is definitely not happy about a lot of stuff that's going on and another thing that's interesting about the black tower Mm -hmm. bonding with these women so where is it so the bond is presumed to be independently discovered and it is likely that it does not provide the additional benefits and drawbacks mm, of a normal mm-hmm. warder. So if they these Ashaman bonded their wives, like they don't get heightened abilities mm-hmm. like a regular warder would. And they can't they do their also... own laundry faster. They can't prepare <laughs> <Right>. food quicker. <laughs> quicker. They can't carry all three children on their back at the same time. That fucking sucks. Oh shoot, I'm sorry. That but... sucks. But they don't. But they also don't have these drawbacks of when the frenzy. So like when the warder dies, like there's not that same emotional, the intense rage, intensity. Yeah, and that that actually goes back to what we talked about really early on in the spoiler-free section of why hasn't the bond been 
revised, broken down and redone it, yeah. so that it has a lesser emotional effect because the Oshaman showed that it can be done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Nynaeve's probably going, Nynaeve, will, she's going to figure that out. That's her next thing. Sort out yeah. I mean, it really does yeah. feel like a, you give somebody like all of these advantages and then they're like, yeah, but these are the things that will happen if this, this or this happens. And those things super suck. So, but I mean, again, the Aes Sedai bond for protection, primarily, possibly companionship. And the Ashaman created this thinking about a bond with the person that they had already created an emotional bond to. Right. So I would imagine that where the creation, like the inspiration for the weave probably came from a very different place. And yeah, that's true because one came from a place of like love and the other one came from a place of battle. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that compared with the differences in strength of what Sidene is and what Sidar is. I love speculating. There are so many things. Um, Andrel and Pavara, the double bond. (laughs) They're going to make it. (laughs) There's just a really special place in my heart for this relationship in particular. And it could be because I am just an overall emotional person. And so when I read this Andrew and Pavara, I'm like, it's me and Andrew. If we had magical powers and could be connected to each other. You're welcome. I love you. You would forcibly bond him without his consent is what you're saying? Well, I mean, no. (laughs) Not that part. the nice parts, Amber. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of forgot about that part. They both do it to each other, and that's how we end up with the double Mm -hmm. bond, which is so funny because it's like... It's so perfectly spiteful. Exactly. It's like, It's it's just that level of petty that I like. You thought you were going to get me? And then Mm -hmm. what I love is Andrew's reaction. (laughs) Take that back. You take that back. But then when Pavara (laughs) channels and he can feel her channeling, it gives them such a different understanding of where an Aes Sedai and where an Ashaman are coming from like they're the Mm -hmm. they're the power couple for the leading of what will become the regrouping the restructuring of the red aja in my opinion and i had i recently i had heard someone say and when they put it like this i was like holy crap Mm -hmm. you're right but it's almost like logan's story was going in andrel's direction Mm -hmm. and then we just got Andral instead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it, we could have had that double bond with Loghain and someone else mm-hmm. and then spent, like, way more time with Loghain, but we got Andral instead. And it's just funny how, like, that happened. I mean, I'm sure Robert Jordan didn't... Andral is a creation of Brandon Sanderson. Is he really? This was not... Yeah, he was huh. hands down uh, only Brandon's doing. I did not know so that. This, yeah, yeah. So he showed up in the last book that Robert Jordan had wrote. He has a, I, I think, one sentence. Mm-hmm. He's a throwaway character, just a name that I think he has one line and then he's mm-hmm. gone. And then Brandon Sanderson asked if he could bring a character that in that was his own. And then we got Andrew. That's awesome. I feel like if you're taking on someone else's book mm-hmm. and you're told, like, please 
do something to make this your own. I think that we got like a really, really compelling, interesting relationship and dynamic out of these two characters. 100%, yes. But I'm also a little bit bummed that Loghain doesn't get as much time, Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like, in the end. Because I... I think this is something that the show is going to do. Like, Logan is going to be a much more important role, Mm -hmm. possibly. Mm -hmm. He was one of the first photos we got. So I would imagine that he's playing a fairly important role, at least early on in the series. We'll see where it goes. And, too, he's such a well-known actor Mm -hmm. in the Spanish-speaking parts of the world. I think he's got, like, millions of followers on Instagram or something. Like, he is a... He's beloved, and I'm... I love Logan. I think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. He is really fun. I agree. Yeah. Should we get to the last one? I think the... Yes. The only thing that I want to... I don't think that we said was the form of telepathy that forms between Andrel and Pavara. Yeah. Yeah. The double bond. I believe that's unique. Is that just them or does that happen to everybody who decides to go through this process? We don't know because it's it doesn't happen to anyone else, okay. but I'm assuming it would mm-hmm. because there's also somewhat slightly similar things happening between Brigida and mm-hmm. Elaine, where isn't Elaine like having heartburn or something because of her pregnancy? And then her, no, 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 Brigida couldn't drink anymore because Elaine was pregnant and they weren't sure of the effect mm-hmm. of Brigida's being drunk would have on Elaine. On Elaine. Yeah. And so, yeah, the last one, Alana and Rand. This is such a, I don't know. I feel like it, it, it deserves to be in this discussion just because of how shitty it is. Mm-hmm. How big of a plot point it is. When Alana shows up, she had lost her warder, mm-hmm. and I believe that's why she bonds Rand. I almost wonder if... I hate her. I'm just going to put that out there. But I also wonder if she maybe thought it would be best if I do this before a red sister finds him. What would they do if he's already bonded to an Aes Sedai? Maybe they wouldn't. I think maybe he would somehow be saved in that yeah, I think, manner. I think when that happens after Rand leaves and she's being confronted by the other Aes Sedai, if I remember, she says something along the lines of... Kind of like if none of you were going to do it, someone needed to do it. We Mm -hmm. need to have tabs on him. And so, yes, she's in broken, crazy grief mode because she's lost one of her warders. But she's also able to sell it. Yeah. I mean, it gives her it gives her the level of crazy that turns into courage to do something that may or may not be Mm -hmm. for the best of everyone involved, which is not always a good thing. And so I feel like... Part of her has a rational explanation for it, and part of it is just like, but you didn't ask. You didn't ask. There's a level of complete immorality to it where I just, I I can't stand her. I think she's really awful. And even in the end, okay, I had almost thought that she was a dark friend from the beginning Mm -hmm. and pushed to do this just so that the Black Aja would know where he is at. Mm. And it turns out, like, I thought they were using her Mm -hmm. as, like, GPS to find him. Mm -hmm. And it turns out they basically, like, take her Mm -hmm. because they know that they can manipulate him with her 
through the bond, which is another thing when you were talking about how it's also an effective torture Mm -hmm. mechanism. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the fact that... Sorry, I was just thinking, like, two for the price of one. Save yourself some time. It's like every Inquisitor's dream come true. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Exactly. No, it really is. Yeah. But I also like the fact that now we know, too, that you can bond a warder and if that warder can channel, he can bond someone. Mm -hmm. And now you're getting another feedback loop. Again, it makes my brain hurt, but I love that the the effects of this actually cause Alana to lose consciousness for three three days. days. Yeah. So she knows Rand's emotions and everything. And then there's a block between Chinese wall. There's a wall between (laughs) Rand and Alana Mm -hmm. When anything has to do with Rand, Min, Avienda, and Elaine. Mm-hmm. So, like, they can't, the, the signals don't get crossed between Alana and the other three women, but Rand can feel everything. And how awful would it be to have that many people in your head? He's already got Luz Theron in there. It feels very crowded. And then on top of that, yeah, it's very crowded. It's feeling, it's feeling a little overwhelming. It's yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. I do. I like that you, uh, <laughs> That she wrote down at the bonds uh, when Rand bonds Avienda Min and Elaine and Alana passes out for three days. Like she loses consciousness. The reaction mm-hmm. that bounces back from what has happened to him yeah. to her affects her so hard that she loses conscious days. Can you imagine waking up like, what the hell? Right? It, there's so much bonding towards the end of it. It gets kind of confusing. Like, right? the warder Sedai <laughs> bond seemed, like, fairly simple and manageable towards the beginning of it. You're like, okay, cool. An Sedai has a warder. And then you find out that there are green Ages, and they could have multiple multiple warders. So now we have Sedai and warders. And then it's... Then... <laughs> Then it's Ashman and Isidai, or Ashman and their wives, and then Ashman and Isidai. Like you have, or, yeah, Isidai and Ashman. Yeah, and then there's a mix of just way too many, too, way too many bonds going on. Way too many. I feel like in the Fourth Age, they would probably set up some new stipulations mm-hmm. to all of yes. this bonding madness. Yeah, I think they would have to. I mean, it really seems as though you would need to restructure quite a bit of what the past expectations have been, obviously, because that that's kind of the direction we see things going in towards the end of the series. But I think that's the last pair that we have. It sure is. That's awesome. So have we we wrapped up our first <laughs> our first episode yeah. of season, season two? two? Season two. We hope you enjoyed Thank it. Thank you so much. Thank you, first of all. And second, <laughs> we're going to start the Great Hunt. We, we are. And I'm really excited about Buckle it. Buckle in. I am excited. Got... We're going to be covering the meeting of Shadow Pals. Mm. Title? <laughs> Shadow Pal Party? Ooh. It's a work in it's progress. It's a work in progress. We'll, we'll think about I it. I love it. So we will be back next week with the beginning of the Great Hunt. It's everything. We will see you then. Yeah.
Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content, correct us, send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.